Welcome back to the Hort Report podcast. I'm Michelle Samakis, and I'm here with Alec Charest, Marketing and Communications Manager for Bailey Nurseries. Alec, thanks for being with us today. Hey, Michelle. Good morning. Good morning. First of all, let's get listeners up to speed on some of the new digital campaigns you've launched. Um, that's going to be the topic of the podcast today. Can you provide just a brief overview of the three initiatives, uh, specifically your Easy Elegance Roses texting program, your work with Amy Oath, and uh, the new artist rebloomed Pandora Station? Absolutely. Uh, we have um, really spent a lot of time here over the last few years developing our approach towards digital through all three of our consumer brands that you mentioned here. So uh, starting out with Endless Summer, which most people know uh, very well now, has a, uh, uh, we, we launched a text program last year with, with the goal of really providing really strong maintenance reminders to the consumer. Uh, so that they can have long-term success. We launched that uh, in addition to a number of other components to our campaign. This year we added on Pandora Radio Station, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, as we go. So a lot of things happening within the summer with first editions. We took it a, a bit different direction with first editions, where we got more integrated through a, a hashtag and through social media and tying it to our website, uh, something called Let's Ask Amy kind of like a, a gardening column, if you will, where people can you know, answer, ask questions to Amy and she'll respond back with an answer. So that's been really fun. And then thirdly, um, Easy Elegance Roses, we had so much success with uh, the launch of the Endless Summer text campaign that we thought that, that a text program for Easy Elegance would be a natural fit as well. So a lot of different things happening this year. Okay, wonderful. Well, let's start with um, the Easy Elegance Roses text program. How did that how did you measure that success with endless summer um you said that you mentioned that that went really well you had a successful launch you wanted to start it there before expanding to other brands so what were your goals with um endless summer and how did you meet those sure well number one we just want to help people uh, be successful number one we want we want to be encouraging and and not really self-serving if you will from a brand perspective and so really our goals for uh, a strong text campaign were to engage the consumer and provide them more information up front. And the way we measured success wasn't so much by um, the amount of subscribers we've gotten to date, which has been very strong. I don't have those in numbers in front of me, but it is growing. But what we what we know uh, from from the success me- measurement from our end is that people that have opted in have remained in. We're not losing subscribers to the text campaign from endless summer, and so we expect that to translate to easy elegance as well. One of the one of the ways that's happening and, and, and why we know we're on the right path is we're not bombarding people with messages. We're making sure that the information that we're delivering is timely, that it's regionally based, and that it's not overkill. Uh, so for, for the sake of both Endless Summer and Easy Elegance, as a text message subscriber, we're delivering care tips to you no more than once a month, and sometimes it might even be less than that. And along with that, it's all cultural or care-based, or idea-focused, uh, we are not spamming anyone with ads because we, we are very aware that that's going to be a very easy way to lose our audience. And how did the consumers find out about the program? So we push it through a number of different ways. The easiest way for us to, to get the word out about it is through social media. And so through Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, the number of different channels that we're on through social is, is really the easiest way for us to, to broadcast that we certainly also have included the, the campaign message on in-store components at retail. Uh, we also have, uh, put it on our website, uh, on, on the homepage banners there. So there's a lot of different ways that we're getting the word out. 
about the text program. We have just recently added the uh, text texting code to the back of both brand tags for Endless Summer and Easy Elegance so that when people are in the store, you know, whether they're in the store or more than likely when they're at home, that, that's when they really start looking at the back of their, you know, at the information on the back of that tag, and that's when we plan on, on uh, capturing most of the audience there to be more of a post-purchase support from the, the brand. Our goal has always been with this text campaign, uh, along with providing really relevant information to the consumer, we really have no interest in taking away from the store experience. We want to add to it. And so for us to have that information come post-purchase after the fact uh, is all the better. Uh, so we, we're pretty cognizant of the fact that more, more likely than not, people aren't going to catch those messages or, or subscribe in store. They're, they're likely going to do it at home. What kind of tips do they receive? I know you mentioned earlier that it's about once per month or less. Um, so what sort of information do you send to them? It, it completely depends on the time of year. Uh, so, you know, in, in, the, in the winter or in, the, in, in the, the early, early spring when people can't really get out in the yard yet, it might be a little bit more idea or inspiration focused. You know, maybe some, some, some uh, thoughts on using the plants in design or some di- just different ideas of, of how to, to use the product. And, and then when you get into spring season, then we start getting more topical. Then we start getting into, okay, it's, you know, maybe it's, it's February in Minnesota, but there's no snow on the ground. So we remind people, don't take, don't uncover those plants just yet. Uh, just, just hang tight for a while. Uh, maybe by the time you get to June, we're talking about how to, how to prune. When you get into, into the, to the midsummer, we're talking about watering tips. And so we're delivering that content through not only verbiage, but at times uh, links to, to YouTube videos and other ways that we can, can be more engaging and provide more information. And you said it was regionally based. Does it depend on what's happening? So, you know, in, in February, we had some really weird, warm weather. So it was part of that messaging saying, hey, don't, don't, it's exciting that we have this beautiful weather, but it's not spring just yet. We're going to have some more frost days. I mean, that regional focus, does it, is it timely in terms of what's happening with the weather? Yeah, it, it very much is. What we, what, what the beautiful part about this program to me is when you opt in, you are then, um, you know, the, the, the welcome screen gives the person uh, a map of the United States, and you can select the region of country that you're in. And then from there, that's how we know what information to deliver to you when. So, okay. so if somebody in in Atlanta, Georgia, um, you know, versus somebody in in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, you're not going to both get the same message on the same day. We're not going to tell you to water in February. <laughs> that's right. not going to work. That's <laughs> not going to work so well. So we we've got it structured in a way so that we can provide the relevant information for whatever part of the country you are in. Are the regions based on zones, or about how many regions would you say do you break it into? There are six different regions. We did not base it by traditional hardiness zone because you know as you know you know zone four in one part of the country can mean something a little bit different than other parts of the country so we tried to we 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 tried to carve up the united states more by a geography so you know pacific northwest upper midwest um, northeast corridor southeast central part of the u.s and then and then the southwest we tried to general generally carve up the map that way uh, knowing that there wouldn't be it wouldn't be a perfect uh, solution, but we think it's very close, and we think it, it delivers the right content at the right time. Okay, I know some companies have developed apps that provide similar programs. Why did you decide to choose text messaging um, instead of maybe an app or email or some other form of communication with consumers? Well, because my mom and dad text me now. 
<laughs> so text, mess- text messaging has become mainstream, and it's easy, and it's become really an accepted form of communication. It's, it's really uh, the most direct way to reach people. You don't have to download anything. You don't have to do anything extra or special. You don't have to make an extra step other than to just simply say yes or no once you send a message. So you have a control as, as a user, which is just brilliant from a text messaging standpoint. That's what, one of the reasons we really like it is the consumer has control. They can say yes or no. They can opt in. They can opt out. And, and it's very easy to use. Whereas if you're, if you're in a store and all of a sudden you have to use an app, how many times are you going to do that? We, we question that that's really going to be effective. So for us, we just think that it's really the, 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 the most relevant approach for today. Right. Keep it simple. Plus, I mean, people ignore emails all the time, but they're, they don't ignore a te- text message. I mean, the open rates, I'm sure, are um, pretty solid. <laughs> you don't they're ignore a text. Very high. They're very high. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right about email. And, and email is still effective. But, you're, but yeah, it's, it's easy to delete or, or, or um, ignore because there is just so much volume. In, in terms of managing this program, who at Bailey handles this, and is it a lot of extra work? Um, I mean, it sounds like a really big endeavor, especially now that you're doing it over across two brands, Endless Summer and Easy Elegance. Mm-hmm. Well, really, uh, we do a lot of the legwork up front, and so we aren't really having to go in through the text message campaign and do a lot of um, day-to-day management of it. We try to set it up in advance so that we can just uh, go through and and execute the plan, and and uh, certainly if we need to adjust based on on the weather in certain areas, we, we certainly are mindful of that. But as far as the content, we try to get all that organized up front uh, because remember we're not running ads; we're we're talking about plant care, and so those things um, those things we can plan for in advance. And so we just set it up set it up to work, and, and off we go. So that's one way you're directly connecting with consumers. Um, and there's another. Um, initiative you've had for a little bit of time. You've been working with a young couple, couple, Amy and Luke, mostly Amy. She seems to be the one that um, <laughs> that sort of takes the spotlight. But um, yeah. when we wrote about them last year, we talked about how over the decade they had owned a home and they'd done all these big projects inside, you know, redoing the bathroom completely. They had built a patio, but they were very afraid of plants. They were very intimidated by them, which is probably not unlike some many 30-somethings out there. So I know you recorded some how-to videos with them and, you know, sort of followed their story as they, you know, did their landscape and beautified their yard. So I want to know what's new with them, um, you know, what they're up to now and what you're doing to to further that promotion this year. Sure. Yeah, we, uh, we're switching gears to first editions now. Um, the Amy campaign we have built specifically for first editions. So uh, unlike the text program for Endless Summer and, and Easy Elegance, the Let's Ask Amy program with First Editions has been in development, as you said, over the last year, and it's been so much fun. Because when we first talked, when we were first talking about doing this, we we wanted to make sure that that it was completely relatable. It was as organic as possible. We didn't want to be just, you know, making it seem like just another ad ad program, if you will. And all of a sudden, we we're quote unquote hiring paid talent. It's not what we did. We wanted to follow a, a genuine couple, and just follow their exploits and let them tell the story. And, and so the, the idea evolved quite a bit last year because we learned that Amy and Luke were real people, as we thought. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> what happened was Luke got a, a different job and he wasn't home as much. And, uh, but, but nevertheless, Amy was so enthusiastic and all over it, and they had so much fun working on some things that we got to follow, as you mentioned, uh, and those, those uh, videos and, and progress is up on, on firsteditions.com. So this year we decided, you know, with Amy's energy and enthusiasm, it was just a natural thing to continue to, to tell that story 
but evolve it um, like anything. And so um, just utilizing that, we came up with the idea of connecting with Amy with real people because she's a real person too, and kind of taking that next-door neighbor approach where you could actually um, talk to Amy through, through the website, through social media, through a hashtag. Uh, that's the beautiful thing about today. We can connect with people much more quickly uh, than we ever could before. So we developed a hashtag called hashtag Let's Ask Amy. And what that basically is, 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 is really similar to what you think, you know, it's, it's like almost like a gardening column almost because people will, you know, through the hashtag or through the First Editions website, they can post questions to Amy or First Editions, whatever their question might be. And all those questions come in from the various environments, whether it's through the website, whether it's through Facebook, through, through Instagram, however the question came in to, to us and to Amy. We get those, and it just gives us a chance to engage with the consumer and, and help them be successful. And we can, it gives us a chance to respond to them directly. And does Amy answer some and Bailey answer others? Do you kind of collaborate on who does what? Because I know, obviously, to be the most effective, you want to get back to that person right away. Um, so how does that work in terms of managing all of that? That's a lot of channels. So <laughs> Facebook, an, Twitter, is, Instagram. That is an excellent question because um, how many times do you see that person up there and you're like, man, is that real or not? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and so um, the questions that, that uh, Amy is comfortable with, are coming directly from her, and then uh, we answer the tougher ones, the ones that are, mm-hmm. and, and, and all the questions, just depending on how they're coming in, uh, can be structured a little bit differently. So we might be, be getting some questions that are maybe really specific, and we can and we can kind of tell whether or not maybe we've got an, exper- an experienced gardener um, versus maybe somebody that's just getting started. So it can vary, and so we certainly are here to provide help, and we answer we answer a, a big chunk of the questions as well, just to make sure that we're giving the right information. But, but um, a lot of you know, we, we make really, you know, we, we try to be really careful to to make sure that we're responding to those questions and, and the consumer questions coming in in a way that are relatable and makes sense. We're not trying to be, uh, we're not trying to come back at you as a horticulture expert. We just want people to have fun in their in their yards and fun in their gardens and have success, and and that's really what the whole thing is all about. And so. That's been a great way for us to, through Amy, be really relatable as a brand and and um, and just have have that fun engagement. And was that part of the reason why you chose someone like Amy, someone who's probably like a lot of people who don't have that much experience with gardening, gardening instead of maybe some you know an expert or um, someone who might be well known in the industry? Was that part of that goal too? There's no question about it. Yeah, you know I think a lot of times we have a tendency to talk over people's heads in our industry, and so. You know, this is a way for us to just, again, it comes down to just helping people, having some fun with it, and helping them achieve some success. And that's, that's what Amy has learned. She, she, she had so much fun in her yard last year, and she learned some, so many things. And certainly she doesn't consider herself an expert. And, and the whole thing uh, that we're really careful about is not to position Amy as the expert either. But she's just, she's just the next-door neighbor that's, that's just had, had, you know, had some success in her yard. She just wants to talk over the, talk over the fence with her neighbor and, and share that experience. And I know a number of garden centers and other industry companies are starting to advertise on Pandora. Uh, we've written about that in the magazine. And when I first got the press release about Artists Rebloomed, I thought that's what it was. But then I realized that uh, Bailey Nurseries actually launched an entire Pandora station called Artists Rebloomed for the Endless Summer Hydrangea. So can you talk a little bit about that, how this all came about, and why you decided to actually create a station instead of maybe just advertising on this platform? 
Well, we still do advertise on Pandora as well. So this isn't our only play on Pandora. We've 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 been advertising on their site for for a, a few years now, and and we've always thought that that it had such high impact that we wanted to continue it. And so this, um, just like what we're talking about with with the Amy campaign and, and Amy and Luke evolving into the Let's Ask Amy, we thought it was the same idea with with using Endless Summer as as a as a way to create a station. It'd be, we just thought it would be a a nice evolution um, uh, just to build some more equity. We love what we can do uh, with Pandora through from a, a digital advertising point of view. So we just thought it was a, a really uh, fun and, and easy thing for us to, to evolve into. Great. And for people who may not be familiar with Pandora, Pandora is a radio station and they stream music based on your selected preferences. So say you love David Bowie, Pandora will stream you know David Bowie music plus artists who are similar to him or who have been influenced uh, by his work. Right. Um, so I was listening to Artistry Bloomed and I heard – uh, a wide range. I heard Pink, Prince, Eminem, Britney Spears, Mariah Carey, um, some old favorites from when I was growing up too. So how did that, the artist selection happen? Because that was really interesting to me, exactly how you put that together, or was that something that sort of the Pandora team helped build? Yeah. We, um, well, first of all, it certainly wasn't me. I'm not going to take it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it'd be a very popular station if you picked on my playlist. So uh, um, there was definitely a number of other people that had had uh, influence in, into the playlist. But what we really focused first and foremost is, you know, calling it artists rebloomed um, was something a piece that we really focused on because that reblooming aspect fit really well with with the brand in the summer. And so from that, we tried to select artists that really fit that. Uh, artists that you know, if you think about artists that um, you know have been successful, they're the ones that, that aren't always there in the forefront, but they kind of keep coming back and they get better and better and better. And and so th- that was some of the inspiration behind the artists that we chose. That we chose. We just wanted to keep it fun. We wanted to keep it upbeat. Have have a mix of something for everyone in there. So yeah, there's it's not it's not all easy listening and it's not all boy bands. It's just a little mix of everything. But um, just a nice fun list that uh, is relatable to a, a wide audience. What would be on your Pandora Artistry Bloom station? You said if they asked you. <laughs> well, I, I graduated high school in 1991, so um, uh, there may be a Vanilla Ice reference in there. So as you can see, that's why there might not be a Pandora selection on my part anytime soon. Well, you never know. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> they might have played. I'm trying to think if they if I heard Vanilla Ice. I heard a lot of good, you know, early 90s, 80s, and I mean, it really did just cross all genres and decades so yeah, there's a lot <laughs> we, yeah we totally did and and you know um playlists are a very personal preference but uh, we think we we think we had a nice fun listen again it was, it, it was all just trying to fit within some kind of a general theme and and so we we had a lot of fun with it um we really liked the the idea of the station because um you know when you go to it when you when you go to pandora and you and you find artists rebloom whether it's on the desktop or mobile it allows us uh to be direct with the advertising and uh so when you see the advertisement for for endless summer, we have a very direct call to action find, to find a retailer. And so, if you think about um, today's consumer, uh, whether they're they're um, uh, mature or maybe just getting started, so many professionals are at their desks throughout the day, and they're on Pandora and they're listening. Um, um, whether it's from from uh, their desk or when they're out and about, we just think that it's got a lot of relevancy and, 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 uh, and it's just got some good value for us. That's interesting that you mentioned that they can click and find a retailer near them to uh, find the product. Can you tell us a little bit about what retailers need to know about some of these initiatives that you're doing and how it could uh, benefit them? That's really the name of the game for us, too, is, is making sure that we're pointing towards 
um, are uh, places that the consumer can find the product. And so whether it's uh, the endless summer advertising that we're running on Pandora or any any digital environment for that matter, same is true of first editions uh, with, with uh, the questions that come in through Amy, we are directing to retailer um, time and time again. And so, in fact, that's one of the number one things that, we're, we're, that we promote uh, through the advertising campaigns, you know, getting back to the Let's Ask Amy uh, thing for a moment, you know, the questions, they, they vary. They're all over the board, and, and you can imagine sometimes we're getting questions about um, how tall does this get or how wide does this get or I have this spot in my yard that where this will work. But then we will get questions, hey, where can I find such and such a plant? Where can I find uh, strawberry sundae hydrangea? Or where can I find um, uh, crimson fire loripedalum? And those are the, the the cases where we can help drive that to retail because we we can engage right with the consumer, point them to, point them in the direction of of where to find find those plants. Do retailers need to do anything to get on you know one of the recommended retailers list, or is it all just based on uh, geography and based on you know obviously people who cl- carry your plants? Of course, you're going to point them to people who do. But is there anything extra they need to do to make sure that they're uh, being called out? We, we work very hard to make sure that the retail locating, locator list for all of our brands, Endless Summer First Editions and Easy Elegance, are up to date. So whether you're a customer directly of Bailey Nurseries or one of our, our licensees from uh, any of our licensees uh, within any three of those brands, uh, we, we do our best to publish all the information from all of our growers and their customer lists on the websites. But for, for definitely, if for any reason you are selling any of any of our branded programs and, and they're not up on the retail retailer locators, just let us know. Shoot us a, a quick a message or, or shoot your grower, grower a note and we will be sure to have the retailer published because uh, that's very important to us that we have that we have the, the, that channel clear for the consumers where to find plants. Okay. Um, so obviously we've talked a lot about just completely new theories of marketing and advertising being more relationship-based more education-based. Can you talk a little bit about why that's so important um, to be doing things a little bit differently than, say, you know, just putting um, an ad in print to have these other components that work together with that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that we're more we're a more conversational society. We've got a lot more information out there, and it's getting harder and harder to figure out what information is believable. And so we are very we are all about just being authentic and genuine uh, with with our messages. And so. Um, um, you know, there's just so much out there now that that we just aren't broadcast media like we used to. It's just, you know, in fact, I was joking with somebody the other day here. Uh, it used to be we could go out and publish that media plan with a blink of an eye because it was really easy. We could say what what magazines we we're going to be running in, um, you know, in the months that we we're going to be running in, and off, there you go, off and running. But we're we're so much more active now today than ever before, whether it's through social media, whether it's through digital marketing, the websites. It's it's ongoing, and so we have to be more conversational. We have to be more direct uh, about about the the benefits that, that people are going to get from our products. And so it's just it's just the the times we're in, and it's actually a lot of fun. We get to have a lot more engagement, and we get to know a lot more about what the consumer is experiencing than ever before. Much more than what it used to be when you would just you know run that ad and wonder if it if it worked or not. We can get a lot more we can get a lot more in tune with with the consumer now than than we used to. For garden centers that might try these strategies or maybe doing uh, similar programs where they're texting their customers directly about frost warnings or other gardening tips, um, or if they want to have somebody like an Amy who can just be, you know, normal person, not 
necessarily a lot of garden experience. Uh, what suggestions would you have for them in sort of putting this together? Well, I think that's really um, great. First of all, a great question because just like when we thought about how we wanted to deliver this experience from first edition, I would say this, the exact same thing of, of any retailer out there that's that's got you know, a customer base of their own that you know you're successful because you, you are the you are the go-to, and the, the more that person can be authentic and, and real, and, and in a lot of cases, hopefully it can be you as, as maybe the, the garden center manager or, or a store employee, whatever the case may be. Um, that's when it pro- provides a lot of credibility, and so that that's how I would always start: is make sure that it's a good fit for you, that it feels right, and then and then go from there. One thing I didn't mention before as well, um, you had asked Michelle about how people you know can leverage some of these things at retail that we're doing. Everything that we're that we've done is shareable. Um, when you think about all the promotions that we've done on on any of our social media sites, it's all shareable. So you can you can easily go in and do that. Just follow the follow our our, our uh, Facebook and Twitter, or excuse me, and Instagram sites uh, and so on. And see that content and and share it share it yourself and you know especially if if you're stocking those those products it's it's an easy way uh, to leverage that marketing um, that's already being done for you. Okay, great. Is there anything else I didn't ask that you think is important to mention? Offhand, no. I think we covered a lot of ground. Um, I, w- I guess I would just add, you know, it, it might seem daunting, <laughs> and uh, it really, really, if, if you just focus on doing one thing, you know, even if it's just one part of digital marketing, well, maybe it's maybe it's just running a great Facebook page and building a campaign for yourself around Facebook. That can be highly successful. You don't need to do everything out there at once. You can, you know, you just like like you do anything, build on your successes, learn from things that didn't work so well. And, uh, and then go from there and, and then just continue to allow it to grow because uh, it will. It will it will grow effectively and organically and just have fun with it. I think that's a great way to end. Alec, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Michelle.